Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? Doing great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. Um, good. Yeah. That's always good to hear. I guess we should talk about the What's weather. The weather right? like? I don't think we talked about it on the last one, but mainly because we're doing four of these back-to-back. So... Mm-hmm. I think our minds were like, yeah, we talked about the weather, but it's it's pretty hot where I'm at. Not going to lie. I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> it's uh, 75 degrees Fahrenheit or 24 Celsius. And uh, yeah, that's a little too warm for me because I'm used to like 10 to 15 degrees uh, Celsius, which is probably like around 60, 65 Fahrenheit more or less. That's like usually what it is, and for me, that's like good. That's a good temperature. This is just a right now you're having kind of a heat wave. Yeah, it's supposed to get hotter too. It's supposed to be up to like 36 or 80, 36 degrees Celsius, 86 uh, Fahrenheit, like over the weekend. So, and you've been wearing your shorts since which month? Uh, since March, probably even February. You? Even, but I'm a brave oh, soul that just wears shorts. Whenever. Why not? Embrace the shorts. I just like, I don't know. I find sometimes like people really overthink the shorts thing here, and I'm like, wearing shorts is fine. Shorts are. Most times it's like warm enough. Whatever makes you happy. Hmm? Yep. Exactly. Do what makes you happy. I embrace your right to wear shorts or any pant length. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's the kind of friend I am. There we go. I appreciate you supporting my 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 shorts. I support your sartorial rights. Yeah, it's like important. it. It sometimes has even been like Halloween, and I'm still wearing shorts. Why not? Yeah, because it's still pretty warm. So, um, but yeah, we're we're not here to talk about shorts. Although maybe we'll do shorts cast next. Best shorts to wear. Although we have on on nerds and love. Yeah, we have talked about clothing. So yeah. Quite a bit. Yep. Yeah. But we're going to talk about. Drum roll. Uh, oh, Gilmore Girls. I thought you were going to say it. I was like, oh. Oh, I, I was doing a drum roll for you. Oh, thanks. We didn't coordinate that ahead of time. We probably no, should have. I mean, that, that, was, that was definitely not planned at all. Because here Sorry I was like, I was like, oh, normally I'm the one that's like, but this week we're talking about Gilmore Girls. I'm like, oh, she's taking the lead on this. Okay. And then I was like, oh, okay. I'm still, still okay. handing it over. Okay. Fair. I can, I can, I can. Next time we'll set up our shtick ahead of time. Yes. Okay. Uh, or maybe next time you could just say, but this time we're going to talk about Gilmore Girls and then everyone will be like, but it's not Curtis saying it. I'm not used to other people saying it. And I'll be like, that's (laughs) how life goes sometimes. Sometimes people say the things that you've said and then you don't know what to do with your life. Um, but anyways, yeah, we're here to talk about Gilmore Girls and, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about episode six of season three. I'm signed because this is, is two Daniel Palladino episodes we've had to talk about. Mind you, we're talking about four episodes this week, but like there was the other one that we, the first recording we did, which was the um, once got class and the other one dies episode was Daniel Palladino. And then this one's also Daniel Palladino. And I think these two are the weakest episodes that we're covering this week. Um, yeah mostly this episode revolves around Rory being invited to Sherry's baby shower and Lorelai being forced to attend, which I don't know. How did you feel about that? 
time reading Sherry. I don't know if she... I get the impression that she really wants to be part of Rory's life. Yeah. And I think she's being nice to um, Lorelai. But also, she didn't let Lorelai say no. She kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And then there's kind of a little bit of a sinister thing to it, too. Yeah, she's... Like, I think... She seems a little... Yeah. A little kind of weird like that. Like, she yeah, seems dude. to definitely have a little bit of malice to her. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so. and uh, there's a little bit of possessiveness towards Rory when she was talking about when she comes home from college. Now, granted, I mean, Lorelai kind of time but you know think about her position this is that she thought she and, and um christopher were getting back together and now mm -hmm. she's at the home of the woman that you know that christopher decided to stay with apparently a baby so you know this is the life that laurel i wanted so you can kind of understand why she has an issue and you kind of see her lose it a little bit and messing yeah. up the bathroom and i'm like how could you get to the bathroom but then rory comes back and cleans it up yeah so, um, I did also. So she has the life that she wanted. Hmm? Yeah, like she's seen the sort of alternate reality where she is with Christopher and she's having that life, and I think it's really Play on the... problematic yeah. for her. I mean, personally, I just took offense to like you initially invited Rory. Lorelai's just there to bring her there, and then you force uh Lorelai to go. That just felt incredibly rude to me. Like, what if Lorelai had plans? What if she had other things she was going to spot. do? Yeah. Well, that's another one of those things is like, yeah, there's pressure, but you just say no. But I think Lorelai said no, like, I don't know, four I think or five she, I'm times, pretty maybe? sure she said, was, yeah, no. And Sherry was not backing down, so. But then, but then when Sherry said, I think the clincher was when Sherry said, well, Rory isn't going to know anybody. And I think that's what, that's what did it. And then it turns out Rory's like, I'm so glad you're here because there are all these weird games. Yes, that felt like a really yep. weird, like, baby shower. It was a very, it, it was kind of like what people that have never been to a baby shower think baby showers are like. <laughs> you know, just... Yeah. And, and then you see that, that Sherry's, Sherry's kind of rigid about things and yeah. things seems to be a certain way. And, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that she said was, well, I know that, you know, that he didn't do that with you or he wasn't, you know, he didn't help you through your pregnancy. It was all like twisting the knife. Yeah. I felt like, like, I understand that she's saying, hey, thanks, you know, because, you know, he's able to help me or whatever. But yeah, the way it was said, there was kind of, there was kind of some distortion too. Mm-hmm. Felt yucky. Yeah. Just felt like Sherry... I kind of go between Sherry knowing what she was doing and not backing down and Sherry just, yeah, being maybe a little oblivious and just not reading the signals. I don't know who, where, where I land with her, but I, I just, I'm not a fan. I mean, I'm and glad that her. she's going on a power trip. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least her and Christopher are together. You know, they could both be terrible together. So there's that. You know, it's like two negatives. At least the two negatives hang out together. There you go nice yeah um yeah like i think that was i mean to be honest i think like the moment to moment of this episode like wasn't that exciting it was more the kind of showing uh, lorelei the life that she could have had with christopher and her just yeah feeling 
a little insecure and a little jealous about it to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. And then there's also the subplot of Jess getting a car, which everyone's concerned about, which like, how, how did you feel about that whole subplot? I thought the whole issue about him having a car was overblown. Yeah. I think Lorelai kind of overdid it about the car. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not just that, her, too. It's like, you know, it's Lane, too. Like, Lane attacks him for having a car, too. And what I'm is like, that about? Yeah. yeah. Like, I get, like, backing up your friend, but I think, didn't Rory tell her to stop? But then Rory ganged up on him, too. And then, then, you, then you see some aggression from Rory. Yeah. I think they were, I think she and, and, um, and Lane were kind of egging each other on. I think so. And no one was really being the voice of reason, which there should have been one. Like, it would have right. been nice if one person's like, hey, we went a little too far there. It just felt weird that, that neither of them that. I just trying to be the voice of reason. Hmm? Yeah. Well, so it's a Daniel Palladino episode, so having mere, mean-spirited jokes and going a little too far with them is pretty far for the course for him. So, I mean... And also women being um, difficult, I found, is a... Yes. Difficult is not the right word. But um, I think that that's a hallmark of his writing. I, I wouldn't... Yeah, I would say almost more like oppositional in, a, in some ways. Like yeah. almost hurdles to him in the story. Yeah, yeah. In this case, it was interesting because it was really more so Lorelai with Sherry being the hurdle... So it wasn't really like a guy mm-hmm. and a girl, but still, um, I don't know. I kind of felt like there was uh, there's a lot of competitive. Yeah, I think they, they could have done more with that. Like, it felt a little yeah. weird that it was so one sided. Like, I kind of wanted to see more of Sherry's perspective. So, mm. oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, because like we got the one. There was like the one episode that she appeared in before this. The one with uh, Rory and the Yeah. Like, the... I think it was, like, season two. Um, and I... I Like, at least in that episode, we got a little bit of Sherry's perspective. And this, I felt like we didn't really. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, funny enough, written by Daniel Palladino. So I, I wonder if, like, Sherry is almost entirely an invention of Daniel Palladino. Now I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Maybe not, but it just feels like interesting that like she is so tied to his episodes. I just wonder if he had a pretty direct hand in creating the character. Um, uh, let's see. Um, yeah. And the whole, the car thing and the storylines kind of converge later on in the episode when, uh, they're going back from the, uh, baby sh- uh, shower and uh, they decide to egg Jess's car with deviled eggs which I thought was pretty deviled funny. eggs like it wasn't even like uncooked time. eggs it was deviled eggs and he had a great line from uh, from Luke later when he's like wait these are deviled eggs which I thought was great what did, what did he say what well, he, well when he's looking at Jess's car after it's been egged Luke says something yeah. like Oh, these aren't regular eggs. These are deviled eggs. They must really hate you. Like, it's something like that. I thought it was pretty right, funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, they yeah. went through the extra trouble of making deviled eggs just to throw it in your car. Making eggs, right, right. 
But it was also symbolic of, you know, Sherry, like, pushed these eggs on them. And they yeah. didn't even really want them. So it's like, well, we're just yeah. going to get rid of them. Totally. Uh, no, I, I just, yeah. I, I, I get the impression that Sherry wants what Sherry wants. And anyone else can just get in line. <laughs> you know? Like, I, yeah. I get that impression that she does not take no for an answer. Yeah. I, I get Which, the impression from her that she is very, uh, like, selfish in a way. Like, she probably... I don't yeah. think she really thinks of other people. She only is thinking of herself. Right. But and you so. wonder what the attraction is for Christopher, other than she's beautiful, um, because she's very different than Lorelai. Well, I you know what we know of Christopher. He's so why they work together. Christopher is so um, willing to just commit fully to anybody and anything. And I wonder if it's, like, mainly that Sherry's just, like, she's okay with that. Like, you know, he, he proposed to, like, uh, Lorelai in episode, or season one there. And, like, yeah. he, he moves so fast. And, like, he doesn't seem to really think things through. And I think it would take a really special woman to be okay with that. I mean, we're going to split up. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say it's not just, like, any partner or any gender, but, like, any kind of relationship where someone's being that aggressive and not quite paying mm -hmm. attention to the situation would be a real big turnoff for most. Uh, so mm -hmm. I think maybe there's just something about Sherry and how, you know, she's maybe, I get the impression with her, maybe she's getting something out of this that she wants as well. Maybe in this case, it's the baby. Maybe there's something that she's getting right. out of this, that she's willing to dismiss his issues because she's got her ulterior mm -hmm. motives. Well, I wonder too, you know, they, they portray Christopher as really not holding down a steady job. Yes. And I think, you know, towards the end, he's doing a job, but it's kind of nebulous what it is. Yeah. Um, I think he actually said like, oh, I just sit in, you know, in meetings all day or something. Yeah. I mean, I was wondering if, if she supports him. Yeah. I mean, for if she, if he's getting paid as much as like the show makes him out to be making, then I'm sure she probably doesn't complain, like do what you got to do to make money, but. Um, well, here's my other question. Why why couldn't he have supported her and the baby and had a relationship with Lorelai? Yeah. Why did why did it have to be one or the other? Well, maybe that's kind of like into like I think he did say that he didn't want to be a distant father to this child like he was with Rory. So that I kind of understand. Uh, but, but again, you could you could still have a relationship with Lorelai and yeah. Anyways, that's my tangent. I don't think he necessarily had to give up the relationship mm -hmm. with Lorelai, unless you know. Again, it's it's Christopher being Christopher. Yeah, and he really wasn't interested that much. Yeah, I think he's like, like he he does the game, but he doesn't follow through on it. You know what I mean? I think he he kind of looks at these bigger concepts like he like marriage and kids and that's what he's attracted to he's not attracted to the person i think he's attracted to what that person brings i wonder if some of it's guilt yeah i wonder too about rory yeah i could see that all right um let's see here um yeah, I'm trying to think. I think that was pretty much it for the episode. I mean, 
like the other Daniel Palladino episode, not a heck of a lot going on, which is fine. Not every episode has to be big and bombastic. I think the next episode after this more than makes up for that. But uh, well, we have the protester too that goes to the church, and we have the great interchange between the priest and the rabbi. That was great. Oh yeah, they did. Neither of them wanted Taylor. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Just to, I, I think that's great because it's, it's um. Their banter is is really well written. I thought. Yeah. That was probably my, that was my favorite performance in the episode. Was the priest and the rabbi? Priest and the rabbi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and oh boy. Taylor. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Is this where they had the where Patty had the date that showed up and walked in and at the town meeting? Yeah, this was it, wasn't it? Where where he walked in the town meeting and he thought that they called his name and stuff. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was really cute too. So I always like the town meetings when all the town gets together. Mm-hmm. You know, like we talked about like the Bracebridge episode, etc. I really like when the town gets together. Yeah. But the fact that they were going, ooh, Patty's date. I thought that was great. And Patty just loved it. Which that guy was in Borat. Did you, oh, you looked it up, or you just recognized him? I just recognized him. Yeah, he. Um, He's in the he, next episode too. Sorry. He's in the next episode too. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, favorite and least favorite performance. Uh, favorite performance, yeah, rabbi and priest. Least favorite. I thought the whole thing about the catalogs that Lorelai was being really annoying. Where she's going through all the different names. I thought the names she came up with were cute, but I thought that was kind of overdone. It got too hammy. Oh, yeah. The very beginning. Mm hmm. Okay. Um, favorite performance. I didn't really like Jess in this. I mean, I do like Jess quite a bit. Oh, first usually. time I ever liked Jess in this. No, oh. for, for my favorite, sorry. Like Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Uh I you know, it was interesting to kind of watch him act like he was defending himself more or less, right? Like the whole town was pretty much going against him and he had to like kind of defend himself. I thought his performance in this was really good. Yeah, Least... he's he's the voice of reason. Yeah. Least favorite uh, I'm gonna say Sherry. I just don't like Sherry. And I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's a little wooden. Yeah. 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 It just also feels like it's a I don't stereotype. Know. It's a stereotype of a successful woman. Yeah. It it didn't And I think that's that's the part that bothered me, is that when they write successful women, they write them as being, you know, quote unquote difficult. Mm. And I and I don't think that's very fair and it's a stereotype. Yeah. My thoughts on that. Uh, let's see. Uh, favorite reference in this episode. Do you have a favorite reference? I, yeah, I like when she mentioned Boo Radley. The town is a Boo Radley. That's from To Kill a Okay. And I what the guy sign said. We never got to see what sign said. It, it sounded like, from when I turned on the captions, it looked like he was saying Latin, maybe? When he was mm-hmm. yelling out of the tower. I really want to know what he was protesting. I don't know what his sign said, but alas, we'll never know. Yeah. Um, favorite reference? Gosh, there was. 
there's a few good ones. Um, Jess had a weird one. Uh, like Dirk Squarejaw, which was like, oh yeah, which was like a, a side character in a really weird comic that like wasn't that in um Johnny Raycon? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that felt like a really weird episode, weird reference. First I thought he made it up, and then I looked it up, and then I realized that it was actually a real thing. And then I'm like, well, that's got to be the best reference, because like, I didn't even realize it was a reference. Like, mm-hmm. just seemed like something he made up. But Yeah, here, I just looked it up. Dirk Squarejaw, uh, Johnny's direct supervisor and head of the Raygun field agents. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's Dirk Squarejaw. Uh, let's see um uh, trying to think here what else uh favorite what did you say what your favorite reference was the um uh oh i just lost it i wrote it down Uh oh Uh, boo radley okay it's a character you know, every town's got a Boo Radley or supporting him because it, that's a character in To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, favorite quote. Do you have a favorite quote from this episode? Um, I think one t- Taylor I usually don't like. But he just goes off the rails and goes like, "You can hang out and hate Ashbury and drink as much electric Kool Aid as you want, but bet." <laughs> like, oh he yeah. Just, like he's so worried that this protest is gonna make the town go up in flames or something. He yeah. just starts coming up with every like you know, '60s hippie reference he can possibly come up with. Yeah. I just um, really like Babette's character. Yeah, Babette's great. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I think I like the whole line about the deviled eggs. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Like, um, like oh, we didn't do it, or oh, more like when uh, Luke is like, "Wait, they double egged your car? Like, I think that's gonna yeah. work." That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Behind the scenes trivia. So the town loner, the one that's uh, protesting uh, in the square there, that's actually Daniel Palladino. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he had the uh, uncredited uh, cameo as town loner. So. So what is his um? What does it say? What he was actually saying? I don't. I don't think so. No, because. You never see because you just see the other side of his banner. You never see the the, the proper side, right? Right. But uh, yeah. wants me to go up and flip it over. Yeah, you think somebody would just but out what? of curiosity pick it up to see, right? Was he speaking Latin? What language? I mean, so now I'm curious what language that was. Uh, I'm sure. I don't even know what he said. It sounded like gibberish to me, but it, it might is. be something. It is. But- sounds like it's something yeah just curious um uh oh um we see there's like uh luke's assistant caesar who's a different actor than originally played oh yeah 
like Caesar originally was like a slimmer guy, and now he's like a bit of a bigger guy. So, but when I didn't know we actually saw Caesar. Like a little he... blink, blink, and you missed a moment. Yeah, not like too much. Uh, okay. Um. Uh. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Um. Okay. Uh. Any mental health observations from this episode? Um. I think that the you know just the right to protest I think is important and the right to have your voice heard regardless of what your message is. Mm-hmm. I think, and and I really like the the way that the rabbi and minister framed it as, you know, you can't regulate, you know, their houses of worship, basically. And that here are two guys that, you know, just really enjoy hanging out with each other and making fun of Taylor, which I'm just going to support. That was just great. But I think that it's a it's a really good example of healthy banter between friends that they, they kind of have this they kind of have this uns- this unspoken language and all these inside jokes. I think it's just the kind of feeling you have when you're with a good friend of yours and you can just l- crack up about stuff that doesn't make sense to anyone else. Mm. Um, and I think that's that. I really like that, that they showed somebody having this just a healthy banter. I mean, yeah, it's at Taylor's expense, but Taylor's going to be a jerk. Yeah. But, and also, you know, supporting people in the community that you may not know them or maybe even like them, but they're right to, you know, assembly. And mm-hmm. the right to, um, you know, protest is covering the Constitution. Yeah. Probably um, USA or there. Now, what yeah. is, is your okay? Since I'm ignorant to Canadian politics, what is? Do you have something equivalent to the Constitution or Bill of Rights in Canada? Like, what's your governing? Like, what document is it that give that spells out the rights of Canadians? I don't know. I think it's a. <laughs> I don't know. But it probably is also a good thing that like some rednecks not citing that every time like he gets censored or something. So I don't know. I mean. No, no. It's like I, I'm sure there's something. I just don't know what it is. Like it's like when like we have like an FBI and CIA, but we don't even know what they're freaking called. They just exist in the shadows. I'm like, I guess that's probably how they're supposed to do it. They're not supposed to be known to people. Yeah. But they don't even have a name. Like, you know, I'm thinking like a scandal. What was it? B612? Well, they They have a name. It's just people don't know their name. People are just like, I don't know. That's some, that's some top secret stuff when you don't even, you know, people don't even know what your name is. Yeah. Like, like, next next level. CIA. Everyone knows CIA. Like, everyone knows what the CIA is. You don't know what that equivalent is in Canada. They just keep it top secret. So. Huh. Yeah, I, didn't even, I haven't even heard anybody talk about them. No. I mean, maybe like World War II or something. Maybe, yeah. But, wow. So you as a lifelong Canadian, you, you don't know what the name is of the FBI or CIA equivalent? No. Huh. Yeah. That's That's some top secret stuff right there. Yeah. It's probably for the best. You know, if they need to do some stuff, we shouldn't know who they are. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So are there any Canadians that do know the name? <laughs> yeah, if you know what they're called, let me know. Maybe they're also called CIA. Maybe they're Canadian Information Intelligence. Agency. Yeah. 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 That would be, be really confusing. funny if they were also called the CIA, but the C was just Canada. Yeah, because why not? Yeah. 
Well, it's kind of like the Florida Bureau of Investigations is Florida FDLE, because otherwise it would be FBI. And you can't, that would be confusing. Yeah. So I, I wonder if they got together and said, oh, well, CIA or, you know, CIA is like, oh, Canada's is this, so we need to do something a little different. Yeah. All right. I think it's time to rate this episode. What are you thinking for a score? I got an eight. I kind of liked it. Interesting. And I'm not even, I can't even tell you what exactly I liked. But I liked it. No, okay. And you know what? The whole Sherry thing, I would say, now seven. But I really liked the whole protester and the rabbi and the priest. Okay. And the town assembled. And we see all these town people we have never seen before. Yeah, a bunch of them all showed up, including a loner played by Daniel Palladino. Right. Um, let's see here. Um, I'm going to give this like a one out of ten. I didn't like this. Whoa! I didn't really. I didn't like this episode. It was like so. Great. What? Okay. So besides that, it was written by by Paladino. What What else did you not like about it? It just. I don't know. I don't. I didn't like that whole thing with Sherry. The whole party thing went on way too long. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just felt like there wasn't a whole lot going on in this episode. And, like, almost in the worst way possible. It's bad when, like, the highlight of the episode is them egging in a car. Like, that's 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 the highlight. And even then, it wasn't, like, that. The guy good. protesting. Yeah. Why, well, like, the whole twist on it? You never figured out what he was protesting. That was clever. Probably way too clever to be Daniel Palladino. It was probably, like, Amy, who's like, yeah, you should have it where we don't Ouch. I'll see what he's protesting. No, I just didn't like this episode. This episode was a bit of a chore to get through. That's the biggest uh, score discrepancy we've had. So we, I went from an eight to a seven, and you're just like you're just strolling in with a one. Just one. I just want to imagine Daniel Palladino's listening to this, and he hears me give it a one, and he just like has an aneurysm. He's like, "No, how dare he?" He's he's going to the clock tower to protest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe you disagree. Mailbag at threeingreeners.com. You can send in your emails if you want to disagree. We haven't had emails in a while. Do you want to talk about Canadian Secret Service? Yeah. Yeah, that's also okay. Yeah, we can do that too. Maybe you Uh, know what they're called. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Canadians are part of secrecy. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you work for them and you want to let us know what it's really like there. Uh, But yeah. Uh, Stuff's over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is the book and Talking Brains is the podcast. I'm over at threegreeners.com where you'll find me almost every other day posting content. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye, everybody.